0: The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada. A north of the border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canty-owned Tequila. Ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothbarb.
1: All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on this Monday night, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Hotel and Casino, beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona, tonight, and my co host, my new co host, back for his third night, Rob Rothfarb, is with me from beautiful Southern California. Rob, how are you?
2: I am well, Scott.
1: I am uh, enjoying the
2: uh, Southern California June gloom right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> June gloom, I love it. Uh, there is no such thing as gloom to me when I come to Southern California. It's just perfect all the time. I am so jealous. Uh, Right now, we're basking in 100-plus heat, and uh, the the fires are burning all the way around the state. So uh, it's not the funnest time of the year to be here either, if I can say funnest. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, this is uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, and we have got a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, We've got NHL playoffs going on and a big series between Colorado and Vegas. We'll get to that a little later in the show. We also have some AHL news that broke today, and we've got a great guest. I mean, you've known Danny for a while, um, Rob, but man, oh man, you just look at his resume and you go, wow, this guy's got some experience behind him. Uh, A lot similar to you and I, just a lot deeper, I think, because we both have done the coaching and the refereeing and all that stuff, but, but Danny's taken it to a new level, hasn't he?
2: He has. he has. He's And uh, when I first uh, got into officiating in 2009, he was one of the first guys that I met because he worked at Toyota Center and he ran the leagues. Uh, so I got a chance to know him. He's a great guy. He's down to earth. Uh, he's a funny guy. And uh, you know what? He uh, has a very nice uh, better half with uh, Vanessa. Uh, and he seems happier than I've ever seen him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up with him a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. From everything that I've read, and, and uh, I'm sure we've crossed paths and, and didn't even know it uh, when he was in Vegas or in Vegas, still in Vegas. I uh, was the general manager over at uh, City National, correct? Yes.
2: And the uh, funny part is, is that even when he was at Toyota Center, you, you didn't know that that he worked there. He he worked behind the scenes. He didn't flaunt where he worked and what he did.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a class act from the start. So, okay, before we, uh, we get into our guest tonight, let's talk a little bit about what broke today with uh, the AHL. I, I was a bit surprised, Rob, because I, I wasn't expecting it this quickly. I knew they were going to come up with it and uh, come up with it soon, but they came up with the 2022-23 schedule format, they call it. The AHL Board of uh, Governors approved it today, and uh, it came up basically saying that uh, – it's going to be a little different than even last season because they broke down the divisions for us, but then they have three different groups playing three different amounts of games, which is really strange. Have you seen that at any level before?
2: Uh, I've never seen where the the same league is playing different amount of games. No, I've never seen that. Uh, And it's just interesting. They had a choice. They, uh, outside of the Pacific, The uh, other divisions, the North, the Central, and the Atlantic, all had a choice whether they wanted to play 72 games or 76 games. And the final schedule of 2021-22, you uh, you could see which teams chose what.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, The other thing that kind of raised my eyebrows was we've been making this big push that we are the uh, Pacific Division uh, media coverage site and uh, went through all of that, got our graphics all done, and then, boom, they dropped the Abbotsford <laughs> team on us. And uh, I don't even know if they've got a nickname yet or a logo or any of that, um, but they are the Vancouver Canucks uh, AHL affiliate. be located in Abbotsford, um, B.C., just not far from Vancouver, from what I understand. Well,
2: Vancouver finally got on the same page as the other Pacific teams and get their AHL team closer to them as opposed to having it in Utica, New York, uh, all the way across the country. So they'll save a little bit on airfare and uh, and whatnot, having it a little bit closer to them.
1: Yeah, and no doubt. And, um, you know, I talked about it uh, earlier this year when um, the Golden Knights were, were dealing with COVID in their coaching staff and uh, they were able to bring over their AHL coaching staff to coach a game or two uh, because they were located roughly in the same city. I mean, uh, Danny will tell us that Uh, it's not far from Henderson to Vegas. Uh, I know that I've been there uh, a ton of times. So um, that that's another advantage that I think was not planned for, obviously, but worked out well. And I think if you talk to the players, I think they all appreciate the fact that they uh, are in Henderson and their parent team is in Las Vegas And if they need to be called up like has happened several times with the Golden Knights this year uh, due to salary cap struggles, they move players back and forth seamlessly, it seems.
2: Well, they learned from the East coast is really what it seems like, because the East coast has always had their farm teams real close to where their uh, parent club is. You look at Boston with Providence. You look at the Islanders with Bridgeport, the Rangers with Hartford. It's a real uh, quick stop to get. If you were called up on a, on a uh, last minute notice, they could get to the arena quickly as opposed to having to catch a flight from somewhere.
1: Yeah. You know, and I've talked to coaches. I'm sure you have as well, but, uh, over this past year, they've talked about just how nice it was under COVID circumstances to have, um, quote, unquote, a bus league out here out west that they could actually get from point A to point B. We had Steen Paschnick on last Monday, and uh, Steen talked about some long bus rides, but yet was thankful that they were able to uh, be able to play games, right? Well, he, he said he, he
2: he made it clear that he would much rather do any length bus ride for however long, as long as it means playing. And <laughs> yeah. and I get that. And I get that because I remember, you know, even with just pickup, when they shut down the rinks because uh, of COVID and there was no pickup, I was riding my bike more, but there was no games. There was no camaraderie. So you're not seeing your buddies as much. It's the same thing with, with the uh, AHL and NHL guys. If if they're shutting things down, they're uh, quarantined as well. They're not seeing their friends. They're, they're not seeing their family. So hopefully we'll see uh, – uh, as you get along in the summer, more and more uh, professional teams are going to have full stadiums. And then when we get into the NHL season, I haven't heard any announcements as far as whether they're going to be full stadiums for the 2021-22 20, uh, NHL and AHL seasons. Have-
1: I haven't heard officially, but I can tell you what what we saw in Vegas last night. Um, if if places can't have full stadiums, uh, attendance. I think they're going to be screaming, uh, because, <laughs> because that, that was an advantage for sure. And I'm sure Danny can tell us what that's like as well. But, um, the, uh, the, the Golden Knights being able to stuff that arena and they packed them in there last night to, uh, to T Mobile. It makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. And, uh, you're going to see it, uh, probably in Colorado. I'm not going to say that I'm going to predict the Vegas win, but, uh, Colorado does not have full capacity yet, and Colorado coming off two losses in a row in that that atmosphere of Las Vegas, um, I'm just not sold on the fact that they're going to be able to overcome it.
2: Well, you couple that with uh, the fact that they have better goaltending. The Knights have better goaltending. We talked about that. Oh,
1: I knew but... you were going there. I knew you were going to go there. I knew you just couldn't wait to go down that road.
2: <laughs> but, but I also want to talk about being in that in the fortress. I mean, it really is one of the loudest places that I've ever heard of. Uh in, in my life of watching sports, and I've been to some loud stadiums. I mean, I was in '94, in I was at the uh, game seven of the Rangers, Devils, Rangers, uh, Canucks. That was loud. You couldn't hear John Amarante sing the national anthem. So I know loud. And when I'm watching on TV where you, you could pot it up and you're still trying to, hit, and the crowd is just getting louder and louder, it's just incredible. It really is. And uh, that atmosphere was a big reason why it's 2 2.
1: Absolutely. And then I uh, just, Bringing it back to the AHL side of things, um, you see uh, uh, when there's a suspension uh, to Ryan Reeves, got a couple games. You see Dylan Secura uh, be able to come up from the AHL team and 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 perform. And you see Patrick Brown, what he's done, got a goal last night as well. And captain of the uh, Henderson Silver Knights uh, comes up and makes a difference on the NHL squad. So, um, yeah, this, this whole thing of AHL teams being close to their parent teams it's a big deal, um, not to mention it, it can save a lot in costs. I think uh, in the, in the uh, Golden Knight Silver Knights relationship, I think they have one general manager. I think Kelly McCrimmon uh, handles the general manager duties for both sides. So um, that's a cost-savings thing. The, the travel, obviously, is cost-savings, putting people up in hotels. Um, you Basically, if you're part of the Golden Knight Silver Knights organization, you just find a place in the Vegas-Henderson area, and you're good to go.
2: That's what it seems like, and, and, I, and I don't know if it's the way the NHL is going, but it seems like there's more general managers that have the responsibility uh, of also the minor league club. I know uh, Chris Drew for the Rangers has had it for the last few years, and you and I talked about the whole coaching search, that he took three months to get an AHL coach. He's not going to just turn around and hire an NHL coach uh, in a blink of an eye. Uh, so I think that because you'll – the GM is seeing both teams and is really in tune to what the AHL team is doing, it gives them a little bit more of an advantage so they really know who to call up and they're not relying too much on just scouting reports, but they're also part of the decision
1: Yeah. 100% correct on all that. Okay. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's bring on our special guest, Danny Patterson uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada. I believe Danny's in Las Vegas tonight. Maybe not. We'll find out. Um, And uh, we'll talk some hockey with him on the officiating level, the on and off ice and all the things he's seen in Vegas as the hockey has exploded there. And then uh, we'll come back after that and talk a little more NHL stuff and get into the, uh, the, uh, nitty-gritty of this series between Colorado and Vegas because it's turned uh, exciting after that first game blowout so we'll take uh, a quick break we'll be back in about three minutes
0: hi this is Derek Stevens download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports get 24 7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu including props futures cross sport parlays in-game wagering and more Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circussports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circussports.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the
3: Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights?
0: No stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue
1: for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs?
3: I'm in. Exactly jesse ray's barbecue located at 5611
0: south valley view boulevard right behind the mandalay bay hotel check out their pulled pork smoked chicken or the fall off the bone baby back
3: ribs
1: jesse ray's barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in las vegas two years running so whether it's a midday meal or a pre-game feast head to jesse ray's barbecue
3: for all their award-winning can takes. you guys hear me yeah absolutely
1: we can hear you danny that's uh Let's bring in our special guest, Scott Strandy, joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight, and uh, my co-host on his third night on duty, and he's still here. He still, I think, likes it. Rob Rothfarb is with me from beautiful Southern California. It's our pleasure to bring in uh, Danny Patterson from uh, Danny in Las
3: Vegas right now. Yeah, I'm in Las Vegas right now. I'm sitting in my backyard.
1: (laughs) Can't be any better than that. You got Scott and Rob with you. Uh, It's a pleasure to bring you on. I I looked over your resume a little bit and I said, you know, over the past five or six years, you and I have probably crossed paths and didn't even know it uh, because I've been in Vegas so much. But you and Rob uh, have a pretty good relationship for, uh, for some time. So welcome to the show.
3: Uh, you know, it's awesome to you know, be here. I appreciate you guys having me on and yeah, Rob, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's amazing. And I'm sure we, Scott, I'm sure you and I have crossed paths.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, Danny, when we were talking about having you on, Rob and I were, uh, we were chatting it up and we said, you know, officiating is something that uh, kind of gets overlooked unless they do something wrong. And uh, I was a level four official at one point. I was a level four uh, USA coach at one point. Um, of course, uh, Rob has been working the system and working his way up uh, through there as well. So there's a little experience there, but your experience tops us both, I think. So tell us a little bit about how you got started doing this and, and what your duties are right now.
3: Well, I, you know, I, I was a a product of the Gretzky era uh, in L.A. I grew up in L.A. Um, Gretzky came in. Um, I became a Kings fan. I remember actually, you ever seen uh, Lethal Weapon 3? Uh, that was the first <laughs> game I ever attended. Um, I remember; I'll never forget. My dad was, you know, I actually watched it yesterday. My dad says, "Hey, I got some tickets to a game. So Let's go!" And they started filming this movie. Um, and Rob knows this guy, and Scott might be you know him. Uh, Michelle Voyer was a guy that was out there as one of the uh, extras as a referee. Um, so whenever I see that, it kind of brings some nostalgia to me, and it's um, it's. It, it, just fell in love with the game i mean you go to a game you you fall in love with it and then you you just want to do everything possible within the game i think hockey is that unique that no matter what you like anybody i've ever like had go to a game they fall in love with it um because it's just so amazing uh it's it's hard to describe basically Danny, I absolutely agree with you. Whenever I run across
2: someone that's not a hockey fan or a casual hockey fan, my first question I ask them is, have you ever seen a game live? Right. And if they, and if they haven't, I recommend that because I said, tell them, come back and talk to me after you've seen a game live. Because live, even if you in the nosebleeds where you can see the play develop, it's just an amazing game to watch live.
3: Well, it's the, it's the atmosphere too. That's, that's what I feel like. It's the atmosphere there. Um, I know I was listening to you guys, uh, before I got on here, um, talking about the T-Mobile Arena last night. Um, I was there and, uh, I looked to my wife and I said, God, I, I've missed this. It's the first game I've been to live since 2019. And just the atmosphere that's there. I mean, it, there's nothing like it in pro sports to me. Um, seeing the way people react, seeing how, when a goal scored or just the things that they do in general, I I think is, is pretty amazing.
1: Danny, when the, uh, when Jonathan Marshall, uh, scored his third goal of the game and had the hat trick, and, and I saw him skating around the rink kind of egging the fans on to keep throwing hats. I thought we might be in for a good 15, 20-minute delay because I didn't think they were going to stop. Um, have you seen anything like that before uh, where they just completely showered the ice uh, with caps? The,
3: the only thing I've seen like that was uh, Jeff Carter scored a hat trick on LA Kings hat night. And one <laughs> night it, it to was, do it. Yeah, it was like seventeen thousand hats that went flying out onto the ice. Uh, that's the only thing that comes close to that. I mean, I was telling my wife yesterday, I was almost going like, "Hey, guys, stop throwing hats onto the ice because you know you might get a penalty at this point." <laughs>
2: hey, Danny, it'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, your wife, Vanessa. Five years—was it yesterday? It was in the last few days. So, uh, happy anniversary! Uh, th- th- talk about how tr- moving to Vegas and getting involved in that hockey scene has totally—I t- uh, don't know—changed you, changed your life more. Not as a person, but you know, as far as just a career. And yeah,
3: no, I I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it was June fourth, so it was a couple days ago. Um, you know, she's she's been everything to me. I mean, it, it's it's she's my best friend. It's it's been amazing. I mean, anybody that's married or in a relationship um, can can really, you know, talk about how they feel about their 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 person. Uh, she's – I mean, I sit there and I, I, I break down hockey plays to her and I pause it, like pause games, and she just deals with it. And I'm going, hey, look at this. I go, you can see you do this, this, and there. Um, but, uh, yeah, she, she's – She's been absolutely amazing. It's, she's put up with me for five years. <laughs> Not <laughs> sure how, but she has. Um, so, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, Danny, I was just going to ask you, uh, you know, when you moved to to Vegas and, and kind of saw what was happening there, I mean, I saw the same thing. I, saw, I went up there. Uh, we started our company six years ago. When I went to Vegas the first time and uh, there was discussion about uh, uh, a ticket Sales drive, if you will, and I know that Bill Foley wanted to see numbers as uh, it would expect from a Bill Foley type of business, right? He doesn't do it to lose money. <laughs> right. So, so right. When, when I saw that, and I thought, hmm, this is this is interesting, but is it realistic? And then very quickly, it became more than realistic. It became ultra, almost futuristic, if you will, because nobody would expect. Uh, the things that happened in Vegas with uh, one October and then the team of uh, quote-unquote misfits coming all together and making the run. And um, the first year, Danny, I went up there and I visited with uh, some some fans, just average fans. And I wanted to do two things. The first one was I wanted to see how many different uh, names were on the back of Golden Knights jerseys of players, right? And I yeah. think I found 24, 25. We know there's 20 guys on the main roster, <laughs> so these are yeah. some other guys. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing I wanted to do was ask people um, their experiences with hockey. And I ran into so many families that were uh, equipped in uh, custom jerseys that said, yeah, we knew nothing about hockey when this, this team started, uh, but we just fell in love with them. And uh, what's that been like, you being right there in it?
3: Well, and, and, and to answer Rob's question too, like moving here – uh you know i worked for the la kings and i got offered the opportunity to come out here and we you know we talked about it and we said hey you know what do you what do you think and we said okay let's do it let's do something different and we came out here and then to answer your question scott um we got out here and you know this everybody thinks of las vegas they think of the Strip. They think of gambling. I mean, I had family members ask me what casino was I going to stay in. Uh, it's a lot <laughs> different of a community out here that people that people don't really understand. You get off of the strip, you go west, you go east. It's it looks like anything else. It looks like uh, you know any any other city. I mean, you think of Phoenix or Temecula or anything like that. That's what it feels like. Other than going into a grocery store and there's slot machines in there. Uh, other than that, it, it's just a regular city. And so being here when we first got here, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I remember uh, my my boss when I first started here with the Golden Knights, he told me the team they're picking. And I looked at him and I go, We're going to lose 75 games. We're not going to win. I don't know who William Carlson is. I don't, you know, I don't know who Thomas Nosek is. I have no, no idea who these guys are. <laughs>
0: And you probably I kept knew telling the him,
1: goaltender though, I'm guessing, right off whoa. the get-go.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's some guy. You know, he sat on the bench a little bit, but I, you know, I kinda knew. Uh, but I remember telling my I remember telling my wife, I go, This is ridiculous. We're we're gonna be terrible. And then the entire year they kept winning. They kept going. And I remember telling her, go, ah, the other shoe's gonna drop, you know, it's you know, whatever. It's gonna they're gonna they're gonna come back to earth. And the joke we had, I said. We got to, I think, the second round, and I said to my wife, I go, if they win the Stanley Cup, we're going to adopt six dogs. We have three right now. I said, we're going to adopt six dogs. <laughs> and they won game one of the final, and I just looked at her. I was like, oh, like, crap. I might actually have to do <laughs> six dogs. Uh, but it, but in going back to the October 1 thing, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, we – I'll never forget that day because we we woke up on October two, and we don't we don't have our phones sitting next to our bedroom or our, our nightstands or kind of wherever. And she, my wife gets up and she goes, "I have twenty missed calls from my grandmother." And I go, why? Because we we actually went to the game at T-Mobile Arena that night, and we joked about getting onto a bus to go to uh, the Route ninety one. And we said, nah, let's just go home. We, we ended up going to Chili's by our house. We had a beer, went home, fell asleep. And then we got up in the morning to, I mean, both of our phones were just blown up. I mean, she had 20 missed calls from her grandmother. I had 30 text messages from friends, you know, 50 missed calls. And I go, what's going on? And we turn on the news and we found out about it. We go, what the heck is going on here? Uh then we found out exactly what happened and it was, it was, I mean, I remember going into work that day and just in, in a numb state, like you just numb, you don't know what's going on and to find out everything that happened, you're kind of going, what's going, and then to be honest too, I had people from the LA Kings asking me, cause there was an LA Kings employee that unfortunately she didn't. Uh, make it from there. She was at the uh, at the festival, and people were asking me, "Hey, can you find out if she's alive?" So it was it was it was really tough. I was calling people. I, I made a bunch of cop friends, uh, paramedic friends, and I'm calling these guys. Go, oh, can you tell me anything? And at one point, we thought we found her in a uh, in a hospital room, and turned out. It wasn't her, and and unfortunately she didn't make it. So, I think, you know, it really it really united the city even more. And I hate to say it that way because I rem- we went to the first home game, and there was not a dry eye in the building. Uh, you, you're, I mean, we were bawling our eyes out. Like I'm, I'm getting choked up right now talking about it. Um, it was. It was it was tough, and I remember telling my wife. I said I said to Vanessa, "I go, I just hope they score one goal, get let it be the first goal." And they scored, place goes crazy, and then of course they score like five goals or whatever, and you know, place <laughs> going completely nuts. Um, it was it was special. It was special, and I think that it really made this entire city go. Wow, the you know these guys are awesome because they also went out and they went into the city. They didn't. Nobody knew who they were. Nobody think, knew who, right. Nobody knew who they were. I mean, you again. You had you had William Carlson. He scored three goals for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Going to a hospital. Going to a police station. Nobody knew who they were, but they did it. And that's the thing that now this city. I I can't tell you how much this city loves this team.
1: You could
2: you could definitely see that. Uh, whenever they take the ice, I mean, it just—it's. I keep talking about how loud it was. Uh, I was in Vegas on that day. On uh, I was in for a softball tournament uh, on yeah. October 1st, and I left the strip 45 minutes before the sh- uh, shooting happened. I was across the street uh, from the hotel that uh, the shooting happened at, uh, and just because we were bored, we didn't want to gamble there. We went back to our hotel uh, at Southgate, and uh, it just. I, my same thing with my phone my phone was blown up but to see how the city you know you saw Boston how they handled New York how they handled it, uh, it was really nice because Vegas is known as a transient city with so many transplanters and they and they really put banded together and it really really pulled pulled them together and it was just yeah you know it's it's one of those amazing tales that you look back on and like wow look at the way the city responded
3: oh it, it was amazing it, it's it being being born and lived in la for most of my life like i have never seen the way people responded i mean there was hours long waits to donate blood you know i i have friends that like i have a, a friend that he has a truck and he goes i drove down there and i just grabbed whoever i could anybody that was coming out there uh rob you know uh stephen barry he was there Right uh, and, and because he had actually asked to stay at our place, uh, at our apartment, um, a couple days before, and I couldn't get a hold of him and wow. yeah. And cause I knew he was down there. So I'm texting him, calling him. His phone was dead. Um, and he was, you know, grabbing, you know, his, his friends. He's like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. I think they ended up at the Tropicana, if I remember correctly. Uh, they were at the Tropicana in one of the conference rooms and he pulled everybody aside into the friends he was with and said, let's get, let's get, let's get the heck out of here. We're, we're getting out of here. Um, finally got a hold of him two days later and he says, yeah, you know, I'm alive. I'm here. Cause it's crazy. I had another, I had another friend from LA that called me and says, Hey, my friend is, there has nowhere to stay. Can they stay at your place? Absolutely. uh They ended up not staying. They were able to get out of there, but it's just it was it was a it, it again. It, it unified everybody that was here. Um, because it was a really tough thing. Even that, like I said, I get choked up when I talk about it because there's so many people that didn't survive, and they just going to have a good time. Um, but it definitely unified the city, and I think that with. The hockey here it unified everybody and then for that first year for them to go on that run everybody I mean you can't drive anywhere here in the city without seeing a Golden Knights logo or a Silver Knights logo. I I, I mean even even so the Silver Knights, once you once you get past the pandemic, they're gonna sell it every game. I guarantee it. They'll they'll sell it every game. Eight thousand, nine thousand people will be in that building.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Danny. Um, it, there's no easy way to transition out of that, and, and we all felt right. it. I remember uh, myself uh, making phone calls as well. I, I was I was here in, in Scottsdale and just saw it at the end of the news at 1030, and I knew about the game and I knew about the players and everybody that I knew there, and I started doing the same thing. I started texting to check and see how everybody was, and I didn't find out about Nick Ramone, uh until about 530 in the morning. Um, yeah. And everybody was checking in with me, going like, "Yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good." And then finally, I got the message on Nick, and it was just like, you know, my heart dropped. And uh, Nick and I are good friends, and and uh, you know, just the strength uh, that he had to pull through and what he's done with it since. I've had him on a couple of different times talking about, uh, you know, and he doesn't want to talk about what happened; he wants to talk about what happened afterwards, which is just a class act in his part. But okay, so so jumping over to the to the Silver Knights, I was at the first practice. Uh, in January, uh, Paul Hornstein and I were both there and he was here. We were doing a little show uh, down at the uh, the D and we went to practice and I watched him. And Danny, this is a God's honest truth. I watched the very first practice and I said, this is a special hockey team because I could see two really good goaltenders, one that catches right, one that catches left. I could see some really good leadership in Patrick Brown and and um, different guys that, that were veterans. Uh, Jimmy Schultz coming in and was turning into a veteran. And then I could see some really good young guys and Jack Dugan and and uh, Lucas Alvarez. He's got on the line uh, of all of them. But I said two things stood out to me. The way they carried themselves on the ice, they, they looked like winners. This is their first practice together as a team, and they looked like they were winners. And I think they got that from the Golden Knights culture. And, and secondly is uh, th- they were just a right mix of talent, young and old. So you being right there, did you see that same thing?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, And, and just real quick, I want to say with, with Nick Raboni, I mean, he, he's, you're right. He's a class hack. Uh, It was one of my first calls when I heard about him. Uh, He's, he's an amazing person. Like he's, he's such a good dude. Uh, He's a good guy. You know what I mean? So, um, transitioning to that yeah i did see that with the silver knights there there's a swagger uh, they're good they're, they're just good <laughs> yeah. and that and that's that's the way is they're just good and and i see that from you know working i work the home penalty box as an ice official for the silver knights and they come in and you can you can just feel it you can feel that swagger you can feel that confidence there there's a there's a good future here with not only the silver knights but with the golden knights and hockey in general here in las vegas uh there there's just so much to be excited for in the next five ten years i mean these guys come in the box and i ask them for water and I'm like nah, i'm good and i just laugh I'm like, all right well like, you've been out there for two minutes what do you mean you're good I'm like i need a water uh, but they but they they're, they're, they're just they've got that swagger. You've, and like you said, they've got the leadership that's there you got Brownie, you've got um, Sakura, uh, Logan Thompson. I mean he's I believe he was named HL goalie of the year. and you some are of the correct. saves he'd make, you go, how do he do that? <laughs> Wait, yeah. what's just happening right now? And you try to, as, as an off-ice official, you try to obviously remain neutral, but you kind of go, "Wow, that was pretty good." All right, I, I yell over to our uh, scorekeeper and go, "Whoa, what a freaking save! That was awesome!" Uh, but it, it's, they're set up, they're set up very well, and in the AHL, it's it's funny because no no other division did any playoffs. And Pacific Division did their playoffs this year, which, let's be honest, exhibition games. Um, and I don't know that they – they I don't know the Silver Knights really got up for those games because it's just – they don't matter. Uh, they're going to be a force to be with. And I think that the future is bright for the Golden Knights too. When you have your Mark Stones, your Max Pacioretis, when they retire or get traded, uh, you, you've got some good guys coming up. Uh, good guys. Yes.
2: <laughs> I was watching the silver Knights, and, uh, you know, you talk about Logan Thomas, he, it was on full display in the AHL playoffs. So if, if you're saying that the team in front of him didn't get up, because I know watching Logan Thomas, he got up for those games.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yo, oh, oh, he definitely did. I'm, I'm saying because they lost, like they, they lost a two out of three series with Bakersfield, which, in my opinion, wasn't the better team, but they beat them most
2: of the season. They were, they were actually with the playoffs, won nine of 13 games against the silver Knights. It's a team every once in a while. And you know, this Danny, you run across the team that you just match up well with.
3: doesn't matter the records. You just match up well with them. And you know, you can, play. Uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because I felt, I felt that way with the golden Knights with, the uh, Minnesota wild. They just matched up better than anybody else. I agree with that too. And, uh, because of goaltending, maybe. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting to see. I, I felt like Game One when it was seven to one. It's not a you know slight on Robin Leonard. I just feel like he's not athletic enough to deal with Colorado. Well, when, and, and well, the same with Minnesota. When we had our discussion about the series, I didn't even
2: bring up Leonard as far as why the Knights. Would have a chance. I, I was all about Flurry, honestly, I, I, and that's why I said that the Knights should have a fa- or should be the favorites in the series because
3: I'll take Flurry over Grubauer. Oh, absolutely. I I think that uh, it's funny because. So did you watch uh, game three when uh, Marshall hit the puck off of uh, Grubauer into the net? Yes. I said I said to Vanessa, I said to my wife, I go, that's a turning point in the series right there. And, and that's
2: what that's one of the things that I've been talking about is when you need – it could be a 6-5 game, but when you need yeah. that key save, Flurry will give you that, whereas I never felt that about Grubauer, and I don't want to keep harping on Grubauer because Paul and I <laughs> – Yes,
1: you do.
3: Paul, Paul, <laughs>
2: Paul, Paul, Paul and I both agree with that, but – I don't want to upset the Avalanche.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're in our coverage area too. But, Danny, let me ask you this. You, you brought that point up about uh, Jonathan uh, banking it off the back of Grubauer. I, I felt the same way. I thought that was a turning point. I thought the momentum switched at that point. We'll find out, I guess, tomorrow night how much it switched. Uh, it's different being on the road. Um, right. but, but talk about momentum switches because the way that one turned in favor so far for the Golden Knights, remember – Uh, and of course you do, Uh, this is the Stanley Cup final, but remember the save that was made on, I think, Alex Tuck, uh, that stick that just flew out? And to me, that was the turning point the wrong way for the Golden Knights because I felt like if that goes in, it might change all the fortunes.
3: You're absolutely right. And and it's funny because I remember saying – we were, wife and I were at the game, and, and I, I looked to Vanessa and I said, "The series is over." I looked at her and I said, "This this is over. Washington's going to win," uh, because it, it was absolutely the turning point. I mean, momentum is so big in hockey, and it, I want to say momentum. It's confidence. It, it's knowing, okay, you can score, you can do this, or you can't score, and it's a big deal. And I I never forget looking at her and going game's over, we're done, series is over, we're not going to win. And she was like, ah, no, we're going to win. I go, nope, nope, it's, that's it. And nothing happened after that for the Golden Knights. Uh, because you're right, Scott, if that goes in, I think, I, to be honest, I think I think Golden Knights sweep that series uh, because that confidence is there. I think they sweep it, done, see you later, game's over uh it, it it was a big turning point I, I i vividly remember that as much as watching alec martinez score the uh, overtime goal against the rangers sorry sorry up yeah true. yeah you had to you had, you had to get that in <laughs> you know i had to t- take a shot yeah
2: i know i know but if you ever notice it's not usually a goal that is a big turning point like that right. it's usually a save it's usually right. when a guy has an easy, or a quote-unquote, easy goal, and all of a sudden, a stick comes out of nowhere, a leg comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, it's like, remember that save. That's an announcer's favorite thing to say, remember that save. Yep. And all of a sudden, yep. things become different. Uh, and a lot of it, you talk about confidence that you could score goals. How about a confidence that all of a sudden, wow, my goalie could actually make a key save?
3: No, and you're now, absolutely a,
2: right. Now, all of a sudden, they're up on the bench, and they're like, okay, we got we to... Gotta, Go to war for this guy. This guy just
3: saved our butts. Yeah, you don't know. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's there's so many little plays that when it happens, you don't realize it until afterwards. I mean, that was such a big play uh, for Holby to make that save on Tuck and and Scott. You're right. It was it was Tuck. I mean, he had a wide open net.
1: It's a game yeah, of inches. It, it, it was wide open. And it, speaking of game of inches, that puck is not much uh, smaller than the size of the paddle on that, that goaltender stick. So it yeah. was, uh, it was definitely something. Um, I'm going to open this can of worms, Danny. And I know we don't have much time to go on here, maybe another 10 minutes or so, but um, I want to open the refereeing can of worms. Cause Rob and I kind of had a little discussion about this uh, in game one. Um, was it game one, Rob, or the contact of the head, or was that game two? That was game one, right?
2: Game one, because it happened yeah. earlier before Reeves pulled his shenanigans.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Here we go again. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, Danny, as an official, and, and me being a past official and, and Rob being an official, I saw that first hit that took Yenmark out, and I thought, as an official, contact to of the head. And, and here's how I looked at it. I looked at what happened to Arizona State. Uh, the last two years, every time they went to the Big Ten, if they touched somebody anywhere near the head, it didn't even have to be the head, they were going to get a game and a five-minute major just like that. And everybody knew it It was going to happen every time they went to a Big Ten building. And I don't want to say there's bias, but, yeah, there's bias. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, uh, when I saw that hit, I'm going like, "Uh uh-oh, we got problems. Because if he doesn't get a game and a five right now, um, things are going to really get nasty down the road because Vegas was tired. It was obvious. Uh, they were tired. They were gassed. And that just kind of led uh, a little insult to injury. So your thought on that, was was that the right call uh, in your opinion?
3: Uh, they I told they you missed. it was a can of worm. <laughs> yeah, no, they, 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 they missed it. I, I think the suspension and the call on the Reeves was the right call. Um, two minutes for interference on Graves was the wrong call. They missed it, and it happens. You know, it, it happens. You, you know, you're out there. I mean, Rob knows. I mean, you, Scott, you know, you, you get out there, you, you might miss something. Um, it was. I'm going to be honest. I, I I feel like the officiating in this year's playoffs is is not been good. Uh, they've missed a lot uh we have four officials on the ice. You, you've got to be able to get the calls right. Uh, that's that's just my opinion. That's you know I, okay.
1: can I jump they, in on that opinion at the same time because I yes, think absolutely. I think you're 100 percent correct on that. Uh, the frustration for me, Danny, is uh, the calls that they seem to never get wrong are the uh, puck out of play. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, We yeah, never so. miss those, right?
3: Uh, <laughs> They're all over that all the yeah, time. Yeah, th-
1: that one is, is, is always called. And I thought the one uh, against Cale McCarr uh, on the power play the other night was a ridiculous interference call. I mean, he had no idea, I don't believe, that uh, he was backing into uh, Riley Smith coming across. But anyway. I agree, I agree, I agree with, with
3: that. I agree with
2: that. Like, but, but it, Danny, what about, what about the Max Pacioretty hit? Because we haven't talked about that. Because that also was a contributor. Uh, in that whole Reeves debacle, I I don't remember that hit. Uh, that was the I reverse don't... hit. He was he left the puck and
3: wasn't playing the. Oh puck yeah, yeah 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 yeah. And he laid and he laid him out. He hit him in the chin. <laughs> I, I, well, that's the thing is, I, I, you know, everybody, you know, they they want to talk about protecting everybody's heads and concussions and limiting the con- concussions and head injuries. You got to call that. You got to call it. In in my opinion. You gotta do it. But at the same time, Patch Ready is defending himself, but you don't have to defend yourself like that. And that's how I would justify it if I call that penalty. I'd say to to Patch, I go, Hey, you don't need to put your shoulder up into his chin. Right. Put it into put it put it shoulder to shoulder. You right. don't need to go for the head. Um and I think that's where a lot of people need to be more educated, I guess, in that type of play. Right. Because they go, oh, he's defending himself. Well, no, he doesn't need to go for the head. Go, to, go into the shoulder. Go into the chest. Right in the sternum. In the chest. You yeah. That's what you're Stern, Exactly. Exactly. That's what you're taught. And I think that, well, there's a whole other can of worms there we're talking about. You know, when you're talking about going to the sternum is, you know, people – coaches now teach players to turn their body towards the boards and get mm-hmm. hit from behind. Yeah. Take the hit. Yeah. Take the hit and then move on. Right. Cause you're going to be safer. I mean, Rob and I'm, I'm sure Scott, you've seen this too. How many times have you seen a player that has the puck along the boards, turns his body the last second and gets his head, you know, hit right in the boards. And you have to call it 10 minute misconduct mm-hmm. because you hit up, you hit him from behind. Yeah. Well, what,
2: what, one last on the on the player safety and and the shenanigans that have gone on in these playoffs? Are you telling me that Mark Scheifele was the worst defender out of Tom Wilson, uh, Reeves, and uh, <laughs> and and his hit? <laughs> I, I I you know really? I I, I don't buy it. There, there was only one there was only one play that
3: happened while a, pl- a legitimate play was going on. I'm going to say yes, and here's why. You don't need to make that hit. Yes, the other ones, you don't need to make that hit either, but that one especially, it's a – He's still trying to prevent the goal
2: that's now – that goal makes it a 2 goal game almost out of reach. Remember this also. He coasted. If he would have skated harder, he would have hit him before he ever turned the corner. And, but he would have got a 5 in a game instantly for a charge there. He slowed himself down to just try to, in my opinion, I'm just, now Now uh, nobody knows what's in his head, but I, what I'm seeing right. is he slowed himself down so he wouldn't get that charge because he didn't leave his feet until after the contact. And he's, and, and it's also a situation where he's trying to stuff that puck. Who Who is standing straight up when they stuff a puck like that, Danny? He's leaning down, and that's why it looks worse
3: than it is. I, I don't disagree with you. He coasted as he went in for the hit, but he also came from the other end of the ice.
1: <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Bingo he, he from, lined him up for miles.
3: He line he lined him up from the pretty much his own blue line but over the game. And then yeah, he did. game. But 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 you asked me a question. He jumped up he jumped up into him. It's just it's one of those plays that doesn't need to be there. It doesn't need to happen. And he's stuffing in you're already down a goal. What's what's if you lose five to four or six to four, what's the difference?
2: Well, he may have thought that if he prevented that goal, then they could come back and tie it up, possibly. But but at least the play was going on. You're talk, you're talking about someone who put his knee in someone's head to push it into the ice, and another one
3: put that pulled hair and then put his face into the ice. Would you I mean, not agree? Would you not agree that there was intent to injure there on that play? Are you telling me that the other two didn't have intent to injure? I mean, oh no! I'm just, I'm asking that play. I'm asking that play in general. That, that, I'm not it, asking about it, the other ones. It, it looked like it looked like he he wanted to send the message. It definitely looked like he wanted to send the message. But no, I didn't ask that. Was there an intent to injure? <laughs> I I
2: don't see. I don't think there was an intent to injure. I just think he was he went through me. He looked like he was trying to do the sternum, hit him in the sternum, and he was leaning forward. You know, but I he mean,
3: jumped into his head. He he didn't make. He didn't leave. He didn't leave his feet until after the contact. Oh. He,
1: Listen, from my vantage point,
2: from my vantage point, and you know it's an official. Oh, I you know, I know. From your I... vantage point. Yeah, 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 From your
3: vantage point, yeah. From my angle.
2: <laughs> well, I've been an official, you know, a couple days too.
0: <laughs>
1: it, you know, the beauty of this. Guys, is that uh, in the games that we're talking about, they've got multiple camera angles. They've got multiple people with eyes watching. um, And you have to hope that when all those brains come together, that they make the right call, right? And my point in bringing up this whole can of worms was, to me, Danny, it looked to me like the the hit on Yenmark, and he's still out. uh, So it was a serious concussion. But, But that play looked like, if you call that right then and there, maybe nothing else comes of it but absolutely if you don't make that call and everybody you know the guys on the bench you hear them in the penalty box i'm sure they were all saying on the bench are you kidding me we're going to have to take this into our own hands because they just gave him 2 minutes for that hit we lost yenmark yeah. we may have lost him for who knows how long and uh, and and they and so then guess what they take it into their own hands and that's when it comes to the hair pulling and the knee and the head and <laughs> yeah. everything else you can do Uh, outside of the uh, ropes if you will um so so that was my thought as an official i looked at it and i said you know if this could be reviewed you gotta say it was contact to the head because it was you know
3: and and, and, uh, sorry to cut you off no problem it's exactly that it's and you guys both know i mean you to me, the first five minutes of a game is the most important when you're officiating a game. Bingo, mm-hmm. uh, because you are setting a tone. If you're going to call something super tight, you got to do that all game. Yeah. If you're going to let it loose, you got to do it. You got to do it all game. You got to let it loose. And you're right, Scott. Where if they had called the appropriate penalty, nothing else happens. Everything's done. Not in that game, but you don't think there's retribution later in the series? Uh, oh, on- later in the series, absolutely, but not in that game. Right, it's a, right. When it got to seven to one, I was kind of—I was telling Vanessa, I go, "This game's going to get out of hand." Yeah. Because I, now they don't give a shit. They're oh, sorry. Oops, sorry. They're not. Uh, We're on a podcast. You're good. <laughs> all They—they—they—they right, all right. They, they, they don't care at that point. Yeah. Where that's where Reeves is like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna hit this guy. It's seven to one. Who gives a crap? Right. And I think that's what if you set the tone early, you make that call, you say, you know what, that's a five minute major. At that point I believe it was four to one. I'm not entirely sure what the score was at the point. Yeah, three or four make,
1: to one. I can't remember exactly yeah. either. You, you,
3: yeah, yeah, cuz they scored two I
2: think on that five, on that 5 minute or the 9 minute major.
3: Yeah, 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 9 yeah, exactly, 9 minute, the 9 minute major. Um you make that call early, no one's going to do it cuz it shows you have control of the game. And I think that's the problem that's happening right now in not only in pro sports, like pro hockey, but amateur hockey. They can't take control. Hey, we're not doing this. We're done. You want to do something stupid? You're out of here. We're not doing this. We're going to move on, and we're going to call it everything. But, again, it's it's setting the tone, and I think that's something that's really, really lacking in officiating right now. Yeah, do you I, think that's
2: I, the youth of it? I mean, you're seeing younger and younger officials out there. you think that's part of it?
3: Uh, I think it's leadership, uh, to be honest. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie out here in Vegas. We don't have any – real youth officials coming in we've got we've got good officials out here uh but we don't have anybody coming up and uh,
2: okay.
3: you, you have to kind of go look we have an NHL team's been here for four years we've got an AHL team that's been here now for a year hockey's blowing up in Vegas and there's not enough officials for it I mean I jumped onto the ice again and uh, you know you know me uh Robbie, I'm a little bit lazy. I'm like, ah, I don't want to skate that much. But you know, stop, <laughs> stop. I, 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 I'm jumping out there because I, I want to teach the, the youth out here and go, hey, this is what we've got to do. Like, you've got to be able to get more kids. Get get the Bantam A kids, the kid, or yeah. sorry, 14A, whatever they're called now. Get them out there. You're not going anywhere. Let's be honest. Stop living the dream.
2: Well, it's not just oh that. Gosh. I mean, we're in in baseball in little league. We told kids, uh, umpire leagues below you. So if you're in the majors, umpire yeah. minors and below. So yeah. you know they they and they got paid for it too. So it was like it. That's how it. That's how you kept the kids in the game. And you know what? I wish I was an official for the majority of my playing days. Because my, my ledger wouldn't read a lot of goals, a lot of assists, and a lot of penalty minutes.
3: <laughs> love it. No, no, I love it. To, to, to your point, I mean, I, I started uh, as an official. I was 12 years old. And I, I, would, I would officiate games for a hot dog and soda. And go, this is amazing. And I'm, I'm about to be 37 now. Um, that's why I said, you know, this is my 25th year actually officiating hockey uh, because you get you get to see a different part of the game. And let's be honest, I don't have to go to Burger King and McDonald's. And no offense to anybody that's done that, but I don't have to flip burgers. In high school, in high school, I was making twenty five dollars an hour, refing adults, refing kids. On a Friday night, it kept me away from being at parties. It kept me away from, you know, doing stupid stuff that you would do as a kid. It gave me a job, Uh, and and I learned from it. And to the point where now I do, I'm a I'm a good official. Rob might not tell me that, but uh, I'm a good official.
2: (laughs) Well, I always love I always love working with you because I know that I'm always going to be looking faster. Than
3: certain people on, that I'm working
0: with,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got a little lazy. I didn't want to skate
1: that. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let us let us wrap things up because I think we could yeah. go on for hours on this. And Danny, we got to have you back on to talk talk more about it. But I do exactly. want to uh, I do want to let you finish up uh, tonight by just talking about um, the AHL. That that's a big thing for us. We've decided to move in now and cover the entire Pacific Division. Little did I know that I'd be sending Rob to Abbotsford uh bc now because of the uh, vancouver canucks but uh, but anyway as long, he, as long as it's not he's agreed small. yeah he's agreed to get his passport and make <laughs> it, make the trip up there once he can get across the border so is, we're in good shape get a passport? <laughs> I,
3: got, I, I, I
1: have my passport I, not only do i have my passport
2: but i have my passport card specifically for canada and mexico <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. So, so anyway, Danny, uh, you've seen now that the silver Knights come in and, and my estimation is they're doing it right. Uh, they did it right with the facility. Nobody would ever know that that was an add on a lean to, if you will, to the lifeguard arena. Um, but, but they're doing it right. And living here in, in Arizona for 30 years, uh, I always wonder why, why can't the coyotes and the Roadrunners and, and, you know, everybody except Arizona state, they're the only one in my estimation that's doing it right, but they're still not doing it completely right because they won't call their building an arena. They're calling it a field house or whatever it is. Um, so what's the difference in your, if you can just put it down, what's the difference between what's going on in Vegas and what's going on everywhere else? Why can't there be more Vegas's
3: to be, to be honest, you, you have to have a winner. Um, you have to have a team that's relevant. And this is what I said from the beginning when it came out to Vegas with the Golden Knights and with the Silver Knights. I go, if they're good, people will pay attention. It's like the LA Kings. Uh, when they were winning their Stanley Cups, it was the hottest ticket in town. Uh, you have to contend with, here in Vegas, you have to contend with the strip, you have to contend with the shows, you can contend with gambling, drinking, everything. But if you're relevant, people will come and see it. If you're not relevant, nobody will come. And that's what's happened with Phoenix. Uh, cause they've got actually a really good youth hockey program out there. Really good. I mean, there's, Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, we produce lots awesome of Matthews hockey for final out.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but I think there's, I, I want to say and and Rob, correct me if I'm around me, I believe there's five or six rinks out there. I'm trying to think of all the different rinks out there. Um,
2: They've built up a Again, few rinks.
3: Yeah. And, and Austin Austin Matthews is a great example. Nobody talks about the fact he's from Phoenix. What happens is he's he was there until he was 15, and then he went to Canada to play his junior hockey, and then got drafted by Toronto. These are things that, you know, when you when you start to get the Silver Knights in or in L.A., when you get the uh, rain, you know, being close, uh, Bakersfield, you, you get the AHL Pacific Division. It gives player, players players an option to stay home. I'll give you an example. Evan Winger uh, is a former Junior King. He plays for the Barracuda, I, and I I saw him uh, couple, a couple couple weeks ago. I when they played, you know, I was doing the penalty box. They they played a, a playoff series. And he was playing, and he scored a goal, and they threw a puck over to their, their guys, and they because I taped it up. Cause I'm like, "That's a former junior king. That's an LA junior king." So, what what it is is just getting the youth involved, getting the the minor leagues involved more than just what you see. But again, also making sure you're relevant. I mean, let's be honest. If and Rob, you know, if the Rangers. Go 15 and 75, no one's gonna give a crap. They're like, ah, yeah, the Rangers are terrible, blah, blah, blah. I'm not gonna give a crap. But if you have a winning team, that's what the difference is. As long as they're relevant, people will watch, people will go. They'll pay $150 to go to a game.
1: You can get in for 150 bucks. So let me wrap it up on this, Danny, because I know uh, Bill Foley uh, from the very first time I ever met him, uh, you could tell that they were going to be a success. I could tell they were going to be a success because he doesn't accept losing. Um, no, you you know, when Sydney national was being built and he had uh Marie Craven living in a trailer, out there to make sure things got done on time. Uh, And it almost broke up their friendship because poor Murray was being worked to death, but that's a bill does. Right. And uh, I I think that's been the problem in Arizona for a long time is that we haven't had that owner that comes in and pardon the pun takes ownership of his organization and, and does something with it. As close as we were, believe it or not was when uh, just a couple of years ago when we had Aaron Cohen as the, uh, the president and uh, uh, president and CEO. Uh, when he came in, uh, he did a fantastic job of, of surrounding himself with really good people. And there was a real big vibe. And then guess what? New ownership, he's gone, now they're starting over again. So uh, you can't keep starting over. Uh, Bill Foley's not gonna start over. He's gonna continue to build. I joked with him uh, when they opened up uh, uh, the Henderson lifeguard rank I said, Time to move down to Boulder City, give an ECHL team the Bronze Knights.
3: <laughs> well, and 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 Bill, Bill is—he's—he's he's a really good business person, and he's very passionate about the Gold Knights. And and going into Murray, like I was, I was in that trailer with Murray.
1: <laughs> uh, See, I knew we crossed paths.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, we, we, I'm sure we did. He we, he was he was in that like, we were in there together and he was the guy that I actually looked at and he told me this team's gonna be awesome we were gonna surprise people we you're out of your freaking mind this team's gonna be awful and he goes okay no problem it's gonna be okay and then you know obviously when I run but he's they they set it up for success and and you're right Bill Bill's a guy that wants to win. He doesn't want success. He doesn't want failure. And that's the only thing that's going to keep this team being relevant. And you're right with, with Arizona air. Sorry. I keep calling Phoenix. Um, When they played the Kings in 2012, that building was packed. Everybody loved it. Yeah. They were all over it. And then they, you know, obviously they, they they can't bottle that experience. Um, like you said, you know, new ownership comes in; they want their own people, and it it, it that's that's the difference. Um, if if Phoenix could have a good, sorry, Arizona can have a good uh, <laughs> team, consistently, then you'll have everybody there all the time. They'll love it. Yeah,
1: it, but and, and it starts the same way. I mean, uh, the media here, uh, Danny, uh, right now the Suns are performing uh, the first yeah. time in eleven years, and you can't get a Word in about hockey. I mean, the the Coyotes cool, sent yeah. four or five guys to the uh, to the uh, World Championships, and a couple of them played big roles. I mean, Aiden yeah, Hill uh, and um, Darcy Kemper, and of course Connor Garland and Michael Bunting. All these guys played fairly significant roles in winning gold and bronze for their countries, and not a word of it has been mentioned here in the Phoenix metro area by any media
3: at Wait, all. There, Zero because the Suns are winning. Now let's I'm gonna be honest, I'm a Lakers fan, so we're not gonna talk about the Suns.
2: <laughs> I figured you were. <laughs> that that was that was Scott sticking up first. When was well, the
3: last time the Knicks won a world championship?
2: Does anybody really care about the NBA? This is a, this is an yeah. NHL podcast. Uh,
1: anyway, uh, anyway, Danny, I just wanted to hear uh, from your side of it. And like I said, we got to have you back on because we've got hours and hours more to talk about. Uh, yeah. I look forward to meeting you in person when I get up to Vegas again. Maybe even Thursday night because uh, I'm contemplating coming up when they clinch. Oh, what? my all Colorado fans probably, are going to be all
2: wow. over me. Yo-
3: oh yeah, they're <laughs> going to be they're going to be hating on you. You might have a place, to, a sports bar to take them to, right? I, I mean, I, I know a place. I know I know a place called Porch Light 2.
1: <laughs> nice. nice. Got, got a
3: spot. Okay. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, we appreciate your time because I know it's uh, it's always tough. Uh, at least we got you between games because we never would have gotten anybody tomorrow night. Uh, that's going to be one heck of a series. So, uh, Rob and I definitely thank you for coming on, and, uh, and we'll definitely be in touch and, and be talking more hockey with you down the road.
3: Yeah, I mean, anytime you guys need, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. This is uh, you guys do a good job. I was listening to it before I got on, and and you guys do a, an amazing job. So, uh, Rob is uh, you know, as much as I like to stick it to him, he's he's doing pretty uh, pretty good work here. So, he's
1: he's our guy. We got uh, <laughs> we call it the quad pot of hockey, Danny, because we've got live podcasts Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, everything from professional to NCAA to D one coverage. So nice. um, tell your friends. We're there on uh, on Podbean, and if you can't listen to it live, you can always get it on anywhere that you uh, listen to, uh, to podcasts. So well, thanks again for it. joining
3: us. I appreciate it, boys. I, I can't wait to be back on with you. Thanks, Danny.
1: Absolutely. All right, that's Danny Patterson, live from Las Vegas, giving us a lowdown on what's going on in the officiating world and, and just uh, hockey in general in that beautiful metropolis of uh, – Vegas. We're just called Vegas. We don't need to see the loss anymore. It's just Vegas.
3: It's, it's just Vegas. <laughs> All right, boys. Have a good one. All right.
1: You so, too, Danny. Uh, so, Rob, give me, give me a quick fill in on uh, uh, your friend because uh, you know him a lot better than I do. But give us a little rundown on what you heard from Danny tonight before we uh, run out of our time allotment here. <laughs>
2: uh, well, he's not happy with the officiating. Uh, no, he, you know what, the, the game of hockey is booming in Nevada. You see it with the Henderson silver Knights, you see it with the golden Knights. And he just, you just hear it in his voice, the excitement that the state of Nevada has for the game of hockey right now.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I've seen it firsthand. Like I said, I may be up there Thursday night to see what happens if, uh, if, uh, Vegas wins, uh, tomorrow night and could close things out and clinch the series. Uh, I may go up there just to see what that's like because it's gonna be pandemonium on the strip if they are if they win and this is only the round second round of the playoffs. so you still got two more to go. well
2: this this could be the Stanley Cup because it's two of the best teams in Winnipeg and Montreal going into overtime in game four of their series.
1: Okay, good stuff. Well, we'll get into uh, more of that next week. Uh, our uh, thanks again to bring Danny on and uh, and have a chance to visit with Danny Patterson, the uh, former general manager of the uh, City National Arena, now working with the AHL club, the Henderson Silver Knights, and doing off ice, on ice, a little bit of everything up there in Vegas. Uh, Rob, take it away.
2: Okay, the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino's Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, our new extra añejo is aged at least three years before bottled. Get your bottle tonight, now at canseontequila.com. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, from the Fremont Experience to the iconic American Coney Island Restaurant. We are more than just a great gaming action. Book your spot at dd.com. Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business America's been waiting for. Buy summer skates, fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies or shower shoes. Go to IceTimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner by Behind the mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for th- our three valley locations and more. And this is... Uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue so it was amazing sauce, so I can't wait to try the barbecue. So Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View. This is a live California, read. <laughs> in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than actually what to eat. Uh, well, actually eat it, I'm sorry. Uh, presenting out for, uh, by M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all of Ice Time Hockey SW Podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at iTunes or the IT store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn your, your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is a part of IcetimeHockeySW.com network.
1: All right. You got through it. It was a, it was a stressful one, but we got through it. <laughs> <laughs> the page keeps moving on. It, me. Was great. <laughs> uh, it was great having Danny on. So we thank Danny Patterson for joining us tonight. Uh, just a wealth of hockey knowledge. And I was fun to hear. Last night, Rob, we had uh, – uh, Victor Peminon, who we called the super fan for Arizona State. And what a great listen that was because uh, he just brings a different energy than a player or a coach. When you're a fan, you're just, you're equally as invested, maybe more invested. Uh, and the same thing with Danny. I mean, he, he's seen it he's talking about guys that, that come into the penalty box with him and, 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 you know, people he's seen growing up in, in LA. And, uh, you know, and I think his firsthand knowledge of Vegas is going to make him a great resource to us in the future.
2: Absolutely and it's kind of cool because I know I have officiated winger because I remember the name on the back of the junior King jerseys when I was officiating. so <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of cool that, that you know kids that are that are now getting to the uh, minor leagues and then possibly to the uh, show. so it's really nice.
1: All right, well, we'll say good night and uh, again once thanks to uh, Danny Patterson for joining us and Rob, thanks for bringing it as always. Um, if you haven't been to our website or you're not following us on Twitter, get there. AHL underscore ithsw is a new AHL uh, Twitter handle. Get there, follow us, and uh, see what's going on because we got a new team. We got Abbotsford, uh, BC in the uh, Pacific Division.
2: I'm looking forward to it. And uh, the do you have the countdown of the days? Because I, I lost track
1: from 135 <laughs> days. Uh, a uh, weeks ago. I, I I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to say 110. Let's say something like that. But it's coming up. I'll get the countdown chart going, Rob. <laughs> we,
3: we got,
2: once
1: it hits 100
2: okay got get the, we got to get the calendar
1: out yeah of course because because <laughs> the LA people want to start with 99 right exactly
2: well actually <laughs> should we should we skip 99 just out of
1: respect <laughs> yeah maybe maybe start with 98 <laughs> all right everybody thanks for tuning in uh, join us again tomorrow night for uh, college hockey Southwest weekly Paul Hornstein and myself and then of course Wednesday night club hockey Southwest weekly with Stephen Marshall myself. Uh, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody.